0: Happy hour. Happy Friday, everybody. He's Adam Huck I'm Sean Cantwell. And my do, we have a just absolutely loaded program for you Star today. Star packed show. Art Carney. Bob Hope. Soupy Sales. <laughs> <laughs> the Solid Gold Dancers. And Elf. Proof that Adam does not have a pop culture reference from after about 1985. Oh, I'm sorry. Urkel. <laughs> Ooh, okay, that'll take us about five years in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Look at you go. Dropping all that pop culture on us today. Yep, yep, yep. So I've got a few things that I feel like I absolutely need to uh, address today. A couple that do relate to your Detroit Red Wings. Bring it. (sighs) And, well, really more or less about the Red Wings themselves as about the... Little Caesars Arena and the city of Detroit and certain hockey things that will probably never get hosted here. I think I know where you're going with this. And this was rather interesting. So Elliot Friedman for Sportsnet had made some comments earlier this week on, on his uh, 32 Thoughts podcast that Detroit is very much on the radar to host an all-star game. Really? However, he did report that talk around the NHL has been that the league will probably wait until the projects around the arena are finished. He specifically cited the New York Islanders and what they've done around UBS arena, which opened in 2021. And that team had been pushing hard to get an all-star game. But as has been mentioned, the District Detroit, which was proposed back when Little Caesars Arena was first built, before it was first built. Yep. So far, what's come to fruition there has been surface parking. And lots of it and pretty much nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> in 2017, Gary Bettman had said that an all-star game or NHL draft was in Detroit's future, but not right away, saying, quote, I'd like to see the district finished. So when we bring in guests from all over the world, they can see what the entire vision was and how it's played out. Quite frankly, right now, it's hard to see that there even is a vision. There were reports back in 2021 on all the promises that the Illiches had made in 2017, promising six residential buildings. At the time, they said it was the largest single announcement of new apartment units, affordable units, and redeveloped historic buildings in more than 20 years. None of that happened. Then, two years ago, Olympia Development, Illich Companies, and others announced plans for a proposed $1.5 billion development of several new and renovated buildings in the District of Detroit. Nothing came of that. Nothing happened. Last year, the City Council of Detroit voted 8-1 to to approve a $616 million transformation brownfield incentive for the District Detroit plan and approved more tax incentives for the LCA and the uh, Illiches. How much of that do you think has gone towards anything? What's been done there? Zero. Zero. Zilch. Absolutely nothing.
1: So. You're noticing a pattern here, Adam? Yeah, yeah. And you've been quite critical of it. And you're right about what's going on here. So the whole thing about that, the whole thing that's keeping us uh, from having an all star game or a a draft is there being little anything around the arena. I think, okay. I'm going to start off by saying it sounds like it's splitting hairs, but I'm going to turn around and actually make it sound like I'm actually siding with Gary Bettman. So I know this is weird. I know. Follow me along. Follow along with me, kids. Uh, I, whenever they have an all-star event, I really don't notice the commentators or anybody saying, "Wow, yeah, a great arena." And look at everything else. Oh, look, they got a they got a water park. They've got a zoo. It's it's a city. What do you expect? It's a it's a um, blue collar city in Detroit. That I mean, yes, it, there's not anything right next door. But I'll tell we you have what I expect. Ford Field, we got Fox Theater, we got Hitsville USA. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on.
0: I'll tell you what I expect. I expect it to not be a barren wasteland around the arena for like miles around. <laughs> like you're basically after LCA. There's nothing until you hit the Fox Theater. Until you get the other side of I seventy five. There's nothing. Yep. You go up. You gotta go up like at least three miles up Woodward for there to be pretty much anything. So I think I, I think I, that's a reasonable expectation that somehow these billionaires have been
1: somehow unable to deliver on up to this point. So here's where we find ourselves in a very unique situation where you, Sean Cantwell, me, Adam Hairhook, and Gary Bettman are all on the same page. It's, that's scary. And, well, and Can I tell you how scary it is that we agree with Gary <laughs> Bettman on anything? Well, think about it like this. Gary Bettman is appreciative of everything Mike and Marion Illich did. They brought a lot of talent and a lot of uh, uh, stars to Detroit, to the NHL. Uh, Mike Illich was a self-made man who had a, had a, a hockey kind of competition when it comes to running a team, owning a team, and putting the right people in there. And to the point where I'm quite sure that Gary Bettman thinks, still thinks very highly of what Mr. I has done. And now Chris Illich is running things, and maybe things have stalled for whatever reason. Maybe it's not Chris Illich's fault. Maybe there's other things working. But this is kind of maybe old Uncle Gary dangling this carrot in front of Illich Holding, say, hey, uh... Why don't you uh, do do all this? You're going to get an all star game. You might get a draft. Uh, and basically, in his head, he's thinking, complete what your dad wanted.
0: Although, if we're to be entirely honest here, even when when they finally when they built Comerica Park, they were supposed to build up the area around that. And honestly, that didn't really happen either. No, like there were a lot of promises made then. Like it, this is. As much as I am appreciative that Illich brought multiple Stanley Cup titles to Detroit, and as a sports owner, has done pretty much everything you could hope for as far as running the team. I would have liked to see a World Series in my lifetime, but yeah. that is what it is. They're fun. Yeah, I, I, I bet they are. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for reminding me. But as far as like building up the area around it, I mean, basically at the time, they built the the the, Illich, the Olympia headquarters across the street where the Fox Theater is, and that was about the significance of their contribution there. At LCA, I believe, other than that, Little Caesars corporate headquarters is the only other thing they've actually put up other than that. It's surface parking, surface parking, and, oh, would you look at that, abandoned buildings and more surface parking. <laughs> but, I mean, how
1: much the average NHL fan, how much do they care about? I mean, they just had the uh, All-Star game. Uh, over at Scotia Bank arena uh, is it Scotia Bank yeah in Toronto what's next door to that I am pretty sure I could I could almost guarantee
0: you having been to Toronto having been to uh, Scotia Bank Arena we've
1: both been to uh, to Toronto we love Toronto but what's I, right next to it you know is <laughs> it really make it that big of a difference
0: well see I don't live in Toronto so I and it's been a few years since I've been to Scotia Bank Arena but they're like no yeah there's stuff very close by there they've they've built along Along that area, there's plenty of actual restaurants and hotels and and stores and retail and all sorts of things up and around and very close to Scotiabank Arena. They have built up that area pretty decently. Like you look at a lot of these areas where they have, and you're also like a, a couple blocks away from the Hockey Hall of Fame. That helps. Like you have a lot of stuff right within very close walking distance. Of the arena, you don't have
1: anything within walking distance of Little Caesars Arena. Not really. Not not especially not in January uh, when they have the All Star Game. You don't really don't really want to walk along the river. That's cold, right? That gets cold. And, and that's my point. Like you got to have things there of some
0: level of convenience close by. This thing, like there are hotels you can walk to from Scotiabank Arena. There's not that for LCA. You don't have really you don't have any restaurants you can walk to you don't have lodging particularly close by you don't have retail you don't have much of anything to to keep the interest in that area like everything is you're going to have to uh, take a car ride uber ride you know a q Shut line ride whatever that whatever that nothing is worth no like, I, you I'm just don't have you. that close by and that's that's an issue when you have all these people coming in from out of town for this game
1: I'm hearing you. I'm definitely, and I agree with you. I just, I can't imagine that is the one that's really gumming this up. I mean, you have a point. Everybody has a point. Gary Gary Bettman has a point. Go ahead and uh, bookmark that one. Uh, but, I mean, never I just, that again. I can't imagine that is the one thing holding everything up. Something else is going on. Maybe no, he's got some sort of problem with Chris Illich. Maybe it is a he maybe feels that chris illich is uh tarnishing the mike illich uh legacy legacy i guess cuz have they made the playoffs since uh chris illich has taken over don't believe so no and i mean it's
0: been it's been quite a few years at this point
1: yeah but like they they do have some
0: sort of like you, you don't want people having to go like the the important folks who show up for these all-star games you don't want them having to to shuttle out to a hotel like on the other side of town I mean, not necessarily on the other side of town, but a significant driveway. Like you look at any major, any major <laughs> you arena. You don't want Gretzky trying to hail a cab? <laughs> no, no. You, you, you probably don't want him trying to hail a cab in Detroit in the middle of January. Probably not a great look for the league. Kevin Wicks can't get a cab. <laughs> and also, we. and let's be honest, when you have those live shots on TV from outside the arena, Like, you have, like, hey, you got the Hockey Hall of Fame, you know, outside of Scotiabank there. You have, you know, thriving communities directly outside your stadium. In pretty much every major city that gets these events, you look on TV, you have this beautiful LCA arena and a desolate wasteland. (laughs) That's not a great look on national television. I I agree. And And it's not great. It's not ideal for the people that you're expecting to show up. Like, these, they want to put these guys up in hotels very close to the arena, have all the amenities that they want very close by to them. Sure. And if you can't deliver that, they're not
1: interested. I, and that, that's it. I just can't believe that's the, the zip tie that's stopping this pallet, Jack. I can absolutely I can. believe it. But, I mean, I guess that would explain why in 2014 we didn't get uh, the, the uh, uh, outdoor game. Not the here. Winter, Classic. Winter Classic in Detroit. They moved it to Ann Arbor so it could be the big one over the big house for a hundred and ten thousand people.
0: I mean that also helps. Like you don't have the outdoor, you don't quite have the outdoor uh, facility down. I mean you, you can do Comerica. Comerica Park, yeah, absolutely. But I mean it's they also did the, the alumni
1: the- game that at that same year. That's
0: true, but also you can fit more people in the big house. Like
1: there's no way around.
0: Well, that. they, like, they went for big. You want a big, the biggest crowd ever for a hockey game, That's I mean, that's liable I think to, that's to do still, it. I
1: think that's still the record is 110,000 people over in Ann Arbor. But, I mean, you would think that a Winter Classic, they'd do it over at Comerica, but no, they moved it over there. And now that makes sense because I, I just think, I think Gary Batman and Chris Ilitch don't get along. You could very well be right on
0: that, honestly. Like, I could see that being a potential sticking point but there is something to be said about we promised all these things to Detroit. We've done none of them. (laughs) And if they're doing that on a public level, they're not even doing good PR in front of the, the the fans. How do you think the relationship is behind the scenes? I'm sure they're telling Batman that all these things that he probably wants. Oh yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Well, you haven't done any of it. So I think that he's probably telling them similar things behind the scenes. And that probably does play into some point why it is you're not getting an all-star game. Yep. We got to hit a break. Plenty other stuff to do today. In fact, some more Red Wings coming up a little Ooh. bit later on in the program. Yeah, I know you're all excited about that. It is happy hour. Stick around. We'll be back right after this. It is happy hour. So I've mentioned rather frequently on this show my thoughts on gender reveal parties. Uh, if I remember correctly, you're not, not in favor. No. No, they're stupid. You know, they're a, a waste of everybody's time and resources and honestly
1: cause more damage than they're worth in a lot of cases. <laughs> Listen, if it's a simple, hey, you cut the cake, if it's pink and blue, that's fine, or if it's, you know, something else, but some of these people just go to I just criminal phenomenal <laughs> Right. I just, for one,
0: I just find it weird that people are this invested in, in the gender of someone else's child,
1: like why do we care? It's a lot of the the uh, siblings of the parents. It's the the gra- soon to be grandparents. It's all of them. It's all of them. Like we did a gender reveal party. We did it online, and we had quite a few people check it out. But we just did the lights on a koi pond. <laughs> there was no <laughs> no first responders had to be called. <laughs> I like the fact
0: that you at least tagged yours as Adam's super annoying gender reveal party. You well, like- I also
1: put Dorothy's name in there because you know. She was carrying the kid. Yeah, I mean, guess who's that? <laughs> yeah, super annoying gender
0: reveal party. <laughs> I, I like the fact that he embraced it. Just all the the
1: all the crap I've been I gi- had been giving him up to that point about <laughs> it. Like, let's just cut. <laughs> <laughs> let's head this off at the pass and just really lean into the fact that it's annoying. Exactly.
0: He's like, like, like he'd bring it up to me every so often. Like you know, <laughs> everyone at work keeps asking me what 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 gender the kid is or insisting they know what it is. Like, you haven't even brought it up once. That's right, Adam, <laughs> because I don't care. Has no bearing on my life, whether your kid's a boy or girl. <laughs> he, I'm still going to ignore it until it's old <laughs> enough to actually
1: form coherent sentences yeah, anyway. He doesn't even acknowledge that. The fact that I have a kid is like, you got to go home and like take it outside in the backyard for a bit. I mean, what do you got to do here? <laughs> <laughs> you got to feed it. Eat, <laughs> feed, and water it every other day. It should be fine, right? Mm-hmm.
0: But we have also brought up many a story of people who have caused significant damage to life and property by having their stupid gender reveal parties. Oh, yes. And at least apparently one of these people has uh, been forced to pay for the damage they have wrought. Good. Good, good, good. Refugio Manuel Jimenez Jr. and Angela Jimenez made global news back in September 2020 after a firework that went off during their gender reveal party in Southern California sparked a huge wildfire that burned through over 22,000 acres oh, of land, no. destroyed 20 buildings, including five homes, injured 13 people, lasted several months, took 120 fire engines, eight helicopters, and over 1,000 people to put it out. And kill the firefighter in the process. Also, you could announce what genitals your kid's gonna have. Oh my god!
1: The kid's gonna be like, uh, "I don't feel like being a boy. I want no, 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 nope, nope. nope, nope, nope. <laughs> we are committed to this now. We we,
0: yeah. we, we, we we're on a people police blotter. <laughs> people <laughs> lost lives so <laughs> so that the world would know what that you, whether you were gonna be a boy or a girl.
1: Yeah." But la- yeah.
0: <laughs> Last Friday, the couple pled guilty to several counts in connection with the fire, including involuntary manslaughter, and agreed to a plea deal with prosecutors. Okay. As part of the plea deal, the couple's been ordered to pay $1,789,972 in restitution Woo! to the victims of the fire. Well, I mean... How are they going to get that money? I don't know. That I, I feel like this is one of those that is never actually going to be paid off. Like I don't know how wealthy these people are. If that's a thing that's really in the realm of reality. But, I mean, you did, like you said, you destroyed at least five five people's homes. You destroyed their lives. You You destroyed destroyed at least... Ended a life. Ended a life. Like, so, of course, like, they're going to... Like, that's a fair number to be thrown out there. You're lucky you didn't go to jail. Exactly. The couple's also facing jail time and community service hours as part of the plea deal. Good luck paying all that money back when they're in jail. Right. Um.
1: There's no way they're getting that money.
0: The husband pled guilty to involuntary manslaughter as well as two counts of recklessly causing a fire to an inhabited structure for which he will serve one year in jail, two years of probation, and 200 hours of community service. Meanwhile, the wife pled guilty to three misdemeanor counts of recklessly causing a fire to the property of another. So the fire was sparked at a ranch park in September 2020 where the couple was hosting a party. They'd set off a firework for a photo shoot. A spark from that firework set the surrounding grass on fire. Strong winds meant the fire spread too quickly to be contained.
1: Oh, man. Jeez. I mean, that's terrible. I mean, they're just trying to have, like, a celebration, but still, they should have known. The Fireworks, I mean, you got you
0: to be responsible with that stuff. Like, how many times have we heard over the last few years about just drought out in California? Like, things being so dry out there that you, you're not allowed to burn anything for... The, the fear that you might spark a wildfire—they'll literally every just, year. Every year, there's a California wildfire. Every year, multiple. There's usually multiple of them. Yes. Like if you live in that state, this is a, a terrible idea from the jump that one should never, ever, ever have thought to do. But once again, the hubris of man—just you know—oh, we, we'll we'll be responsible. About it. We can do this. We'll be fine. We're not the ones who are going to set fires. Well, I I would already dispute that for the fact that you thought that you needed to publicly announce and go viral for your gender reveal proves that you were, in fact, not
1: the people to do this. Yes, yeah. I mean, that is a story that needs to be heard more often because, I mean, yeah, there's the annoying ones where like a confetti bomb goes off and the neighbor next door has to pick up your blue or pink confetti or something like this. But this was just, I I mean, obviously criminal. It was decided that in a court of law. Uh, but I mean, people just gotta calm down with it. Your life sh- shouldn't affect everybody else's. You know, if you know what's funny about this,
0: the the uh, the social media whatever who basically created the trend of gender reveal parties actually went to social media to beg people to stop hosting them. Yeah. <laughs>
1: stop it.
0: She took to social media to try and talk some sense into people. Stop having these stupid parties. Stop burning things down to tell everyone about your kids' genitals. Nobody cares but you. It was 116 degrees in Pasadena yesterday, and this tool thought it would be smart to light a fire. Uh, Toxic masculinity is men thinking they need to explode something because simply enjoying a baby party is for sissies. (laughs) She's well aware of the monster she's accidentally created and the harm it uh, it can cause. Like... I, I just love the fact that we finally have gone so far, leaned so far into this trend that even the awful people who thought it would be a good idea to do it in the first place yep. are finally
1: realizing the error of their ways. Yes. Well, uh, unfortunately, were just done now. I don't. I don't even know who this person's name is. I've never seen. I don't like care, this. I just, and you know,
0: I don't want to give them the publicity. I will give yeah. them credit for owning up to their many mistakes here. Yep. But. Maybe the, this message will spread now that you know, the damage has been done. It is happy hour, and I do kind of want to pick your brain here on some burning Red Wings questions as we approach the trade deadline in about two weeks. Yep. From The Athletic, Red Wings' biggest trade deadline decisions. And I'm going to throw some of these out and see where your thoughts are on things. Sure. The first question being, what's the sell line? Like, how far, how bad do the Wings have to be to, in your estimation, be sellers at the trade deadline?
1: They would have to, the bottom would really have to fall out. I mean, right now, they're, okay, they're in the playoff picture, albeit uh, the second wildcard spot. But, I mean, even if just things just, the, the wheels came off and you found yourself, you know, below Washington, which Washington would have to really catch fire. I really don't think there's anything, any reason to sell, because you've done so well over the season that there's a lot to build off of. I would agree with that. And you oh, don't know who's coming... I'm sorry, uh, but I don't know who's coming off the books. David Perron, Daniel
0: Sprong, Shane Goss and Patrick Kane. Those are your notable, pending,
1: unrestricted free agents. So you kind of pull those guys aside and says listen okay um, we want to build a team in the future and you know teams do this so I was like hey okay uh we're gonna trade you get some assets back and then when you're restricted free you're an unrestricted free agent you come sign back with us I don't know if a lot of those guys would do that uh, but I mean it's it's entirely possible I'm sure they probably work it out well okay it's a, set, a third round pick if they don't resign with a second round pick if they do blah blah blah. I mean, it's basically the Thomas Vanek thing.
0: How many times did we trade him and re-sign him? Three.
1: <laughs> so I mean, it's not unheard of. It's certainly no. not out of the question. No, I don't. I, I would just want—I want to see Patrick Kane. I know this is a little sidestepping, but I want to see Patrick Kane back. I would like. I mean, you're not going to get him at two point. Was it two point four mil? Uh, you're you're going to have to. You're going to pay him, but boy, it'd be great to see him back next season. I agree. I mean, I don't really want to get rid of any of these guys at all possible. I mean... Not Sprong. Sprong has worked too hard and done too much for you to just let him walk. Absolutely. Skate. Right. I mean, if you're, like, completely out of it, like, I,
0: I could see them flipping him and probably getting something decent in return for him. But, like, you don't want to get rid of Perron. He's very much a clubhouse leader from all indications. Yes. You would hate to disrupt that.
1: Gosses- just to Gosses Bear, maybe? But, I mean, Detroit possibly. is so, uh, Detroit is so hungry for defensemen. I can't imagine them getting rid of Gosta. But I mean, as with that list, he's kind of he would kind of be the odd man out, would he not? I would think so. Like,
0: to me, of those four guys, he is absolutely the one in my mind who would be first to be traded if it's decided that the wings are going into sell mode. And as far as what would you really have to see happen, like, right now, you are in a in, the, in a wild-card spot, no matter what. Yes. Like, you're a few games ahead of several other teams. Like, I, unless you completely bottomed out the next two weeks and found yourself, like, six or more
1: points out of a playoff spot, yeah. that's the only way I see Stevie pulling the trigger here. Right. And as it stands, uh, at least last time I checked the, the standings back in you know Wednesday, uh, the Wings were one point uh, behind Tampa in that first wild card spot. So I, they're not out of it, but, I mean, point taken. If the wheels just com- completely fall off, what, what is a good selling point? I, I think uh, maybe a few guys that maybe we could re-sign in the future. Anybody else, I, I think it's, the team's getting too good to just start squandering away draft picks, to start squandering away uh, some of these younger players. I agree.
0: And the thing about this team, too, is... Very streaky team. They, they'll get on a cold snap, and then they'll get hot again really quick. So it's kind of really hard to gauge, I think, just where the line is that, okay, we're going to sell because you, you waited out, and they, they dipped to that point where we'd be saying they're going to be sellers, yep. and then they just go and win every game for like the next two or three weeks <laughs> and completely make that a moot point. They, they, they really very do. They much have yeah. the, the yes. ability to do that. So very much So I would say... Perron, you're not trading under any circumstances. No. Like, he's too much of a clubhouse leader for you to do that. You're going to eventually extend him, I believe. Sprong, I would wait as long as possible before making the decision to pull the trigger on him. I'd like to see him here long term. Yes. Gosta is probably the first guy that I'd probably seriously consider if you dip like more than six games, six points out of a playoff spot and kane is probably the next yeah cuz he does ultimately it seems like he's made it fairly clear he wants to be on a contender and if you're not that i do think maybe that's something you have to consider not saying you couldn't re-sign him in the off season but you got to let the guy have his chance to play for a contender while he's still able to do so
1: yeah and i, you I can definitely that's get the value for him yeah that's definitely the right thing to do it just, I mean, and he doesn't come with a high price tag either. So I mean, and maybe you're able to get a, a second round or a third round draft pick for him. So I think it's possible. Next question: Should they add a depth forward? No, no, not when you're kind of anemic when it comes to defensemen. That's where you. That's where your focus needs to be. The forwards, they've got, they've got their forwards.
0: Yeah, arguably, yes, but at the same point in time, it would make some sense if you had a forward who's a uh, more defensive type, if you're going to add anybody like uh, like someone like an Alex Wenberg from the Kraken or a Nick Dowd from the Capitals, and in the case of Dowd, he's got another year of team control, sure, or even a Pavel Bushnevich.
1: I mean, Bushnovich that, that But would I mean be it's a lot of cost admittedly. Yeah, yeah. For, for you want a forward who's defensive minded, well it's I mean who doesn't? Everybody wants that Selkie trophy winner. But and we had them for a long time. <laughs> a couple of them. So it's again, you're wanting to have uh somebody who's defensive minded. I mean, who's more defensive minded than a defenseman. And well and, and here's the and this is what uh
0: Pointed out here in, in the athletic article. Sure. While the Wings could upgrade their blue line, they're already overcrowded, arguably with bodies. They're scratching Justin Hall, a defenseman they just signed to a three-year, three point four million dollar deal this summer. Yeah. And they're blocking Simon Evenson.
1: D- this is true. This is true. But I mean, if the Wings are going to be making a push, may they get a rental? They get a guy who's going to come here for a cup of coffee. Well. Yeah, but I don't see
0: them signing a a rental as far as a blue line guy, like unless it's a a Tanev or a Hannafin who you could see locking in for a long-term deal. Like it has to be someone you see yourself offering a long-term contract to and keeping here because otherwise, and while you've got the guys here already, you've got a hole you don't use. Although, Although for me, anything that gets Jeff Petrie out of town, He's yeah. more than
1: fine Isn't by that sad how I mean we were all excited when uh uh Eiserman uh, signed him in the offseason but we really this were. guy is just just not getting it. He's not finding his rhythm. He pro- he it would probably be better for him to move on to another team's to uh, catch flyer a little bit because it's just not happening with Detroit. It it it's just not. It- I'd be fine. Like,
0: I don't don't know if you really can trade him. Like, who's going to take him unless you just find a team that desperately needs a body and you can offload a Hall or a Petrie to them, and that's where you call Evanson up? Like, I'm kind of curious, quite frankly, as to why they haven't called him up yet. Like, do they just not think they're going to be able to get in the minutes here? Exactly.
1: I mean, when you got Justin Hull uh, chomping at the bit, I mean, you signed him, like you said, a three-year deal. He's a healthy scratch every night. Yeah, because... You leave Petrie in there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which that still has never been. It just hasn't been
1: sufficiently explained to me yet. Somebody needs to sit me down to get the finger puppets and explain why, you know, you have a young player like Edmondson and Justin Hull waiting in the wings and nothing happens.
0: I agree. Now, let's see. As far as uh, another forward, we did talk about Patrick Kane. Sure. An in-season extension for Kane? Is
1: that a possibility? If you're asking me, absolutely. Do it now. Here, use my pen. But, I mean, would Kane want to do it? He wants to go to a contender. But, arguably, the Wings could be that that team. I mean, they're showing that grassroots kind of thing that you want to see uh, in a team. After coming off a surgery where we basically...
0: Have never seen a player fully recover from it and go on to be anywhere near the player that they were. He came back off that and he's been a point per game guy for this team. I think he's absolutely a guy that you offer that to, and if you don't think you're going to get it done, then
1: then you maybe ship him out. Yep, nine goals, fourteen assists in what little time he has played. Absolutely, absolutely. If he if he wants an extension, it's going to be up to him and how much how much money he wants because I don't know how much uh, uh, salary cap we have. But, I mean, free agency is coming up, and we do need to have that good right, uh, right-handed right defenseman with uh, some uh, hockey sense, somebody who's been around for a while. That would be nice, wouldn't it? I would love sure one of those. Sure would.
0: I, we've talked about it till we're blue in the face on this show over the years. <laughs> and since you asked the question, looking at next year's salary cap situation, the Red Wings, they have, it looks like, as of right now, in uh, twenty six million dollars in cap space, going into next year, okay, which isn't bad. It's it puts you at about oh actually ninth in the league right now in in cap available. It's, it,
1: the, when with re signing Kane, you got to remember he's over thirty five, so uh, there he's is on two years at most probably. Yeah, I mean you're paying him if even if you sign him and he's like you know what deuces I'm out. You you're still paying him so there there is that unless you ditch his contract off to uh the graveyard that is the Arizona Coyotes and have him retire right along with Datsuk and Pronger but uh I, well I, yeah that's why these guys don't
0: retire anymore like it's, oh he's on long term injured reserve <laughs> he hasn't he hasn't put on skates
1: in 10 years i don't understand <laughs> <laughs> hey pronger you feel like playing not for the coyotes i don't exactly <laughs> so i don't know uh it would all depend. I mean, what's a, what's a fair? I guess we're zip, zip uh, all over the place on this one. But how much if if you are the GM for the Detroit Red Wings, Kane says, "Yeah, I want to come back. Two year deal. Uh, what's what's a fair price per year?" That's a good question. Keep in mind, really this guy was ma- has been making like eight to ten million dollars a season for Blackhawks, albeit you know when he was younger. But I mean, yeah, he's certainly not going to make that now for. For for this season,
0: he's being paid uh two point seven. Yep. And you gotta imagine he's probably gonna be close to a four or five. I would think. I would I would think five and a half million per year for two seasons. You'd be that's what you'd be willing to do. I I, I would think so. I if that's what you're paying cop. That's true, and you're getting
1: far more production out of Kane than you are out of if him. I'm, if I'm if I'm a, a Patrick Kane's agent, I'm going to be like, hey, listen, you're paying this cat this much. Uh, and my guy is producing, and I don't know if Andrew Cops actually showed up for a game this season. Well, ten goals, fifteen assists. Yeah, I guess and that's not f- really fair. Fifty four ga- uh, games played, though. You're paying a lot for all of those.
0: Goals. So you basically have the same production you've gotten out of Kane, yep. But in half in uh, in double the games. Correct. Yeah, that's that. That that's that ideal. No, I could see, I I could see five and a half. No, I could be entirely fine with that for a for a two year deal. It's not yep. it's not completely breaking the bank, and it's not extending him for a longer term than he's realistically going to play. I think it's fair. I think that is a fair uh, contract. Okay. That's I, I can be fine with this. Now, here's a question for you. What's the plan for Jonathan Berggren? He's been dominant in Grand Rapids. He's got so far 16 goals and 38 points and 36 games for that team this season g- going into uh, a- as a Wednesday. And even after he played the majority of a season last year, and scored 15 goals at the big club level, he
1: still can't break the lineup. It's it's because they have so many veterans uh, clogging things up. A lot of people say that he should be on the trade market. I think that they're getting a little – I mean, I guess if you're going to trade him, you're going to get a lot for him, but, God, I'd really hate to see this guy go. I really would. I mean, 15 goals as a youngster, he could only get better, right? Yeah. I mean, and he's not hes not progressing in the AHL. He's doing well, but you want him to have that NHL uh, competition. That's how he's going to grow. So, I don't know. Either you, you got um, to... It, it's just one of those where you, you kind of
0: have to blank or get off the pot, man. Like, yeah. either trade him and get something in return that can help this team now, maybe... It, Maybe a top line defenseman, or bring him up and and let the clock start running. Cause he's four games away at this point from no longer being able to be sent down, from being basically officially starting the clock yep. on his time here. Like at that point, you know, you've you've committed to him. Like there's there's no going back from it. And I think right now the wings like the idea that well, either you're going to be able to, we, we can keep this guy down here until we need him. And at some point that's a decision that has to be made. There's no way around it. I would rather have him here and in the lineup full time yep. because I'm not sure what like, he's your best trade ship that you have, but am I really convinced that you're going to be able to get something of a particularly appropriate value for him? Like you need a a top-flight like, NHL-ready guy in any deal for Berger, in my mind, anyway. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, if you're just selling him for picks, not interested, unless it's the number one overall pick. Right. Like, I just don't see Iserman just letting him go for next to nothing. That, that doesn't seem to be the way he plays these
1: things. Right. And I don't imagine that he's about to start doing that now. It is. I'm looking at the the roster. I'm like, who would you get rid of right now to make room for him? And I can't really find anybody. I mean, J.T. Comfer, he's done what you've asked him to. I mean, Valeno, not a chance. Uh, the, these are the hard things
0: about uh, about making these decisions like you don't you don't have like it's not like you have just absolute uh just. Waste of space on your roster, right. At least on, at least not least on the forward side. You don't,
1: <laughs> no, no, and, and, and a lot of defensemen. Who are you going to get rid of? But I mean, aside from Petrie, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, ever, I mean, maybe Gosses Bear. We talked about that, but even then, well, that's
0: more just to potentially trade him and extract some value in case you you don't end up bringing him back next year. Right? Some of these other ones, I think those decisions are. Already made for you by by the contracts that were signed there. We got to hit a break. It is happy hour at Solid State Radio. It is happy hour. And it is once again time for Sean and Adam's unsolicited advice. We're real people with real problems. Send real questions to real advice columnists. Then we get our hands on them. We intercept and we give better advice than the people who get paid to do this crap for a living. Yes, yeah, we, we may uh, ruin a few <laughs> lives along the way, but well, that's the cost of doing business. <laughs> Let's get right into it, shall we? Let's do it. Dear Somebody Who Cares, I just got engaged to my partner, 32-year-old female, Partner is a 37-year-old male. Yay! We are on the same page about wanting a domestic destination wedding with our immediate families and a couple of our closest friends. The two friends he's inviting are unmarried, and though they both have partners we like, we do not plan on inviting their partners and both feel fine about that decision. The issue is the two friends I'd like to invite are both married, and I don't like their husbands. They're fine, but I only have cordial relationships with them, I really don't want two men. I barely know it. My micro wedding alongside our 13 nearest and dearest loved ones. Is it okay to not give a plus one to a married
1: wedding guest? Uh, Well, I mean, I guess you would have to look inward and think uh, think to yourself, once you're married five years down the line, if your new husband, I think that's five years, not new, but your husband gets a wedding invitation, excluding you. How are you going to feel about that? What is he going to say? And prepare yourself for either side—either his two friends or your two friends—saying, say, nah, "If my significant other is not involved, I don't, I don't want to go." That's—I—I
0: I would probably also suggest just and in, invite the the plus ones and let them come along because I mean, there's going to be a point. Well, like you said, that. You're going to have that issue where you want them both to show up, and well, then they're not going to want to show up. Like, you're going to have a birthday party at some point, you're going to want that person to attend, and they're really probably not going to be happy to leave their husband behind to go to it. Yep. Honestly, I always hate the fact that, oh, you don't get a plus one because you're not married. Like, you could have a long term partner, and it's okay to exclude them because you're not technically married. Like, I had a, like, Rachel and I, we dated for nine years before we finally actually got married. And if you were I'm in- living together, you <laughs> had a life together, and people right. wouldn't recognize your uh, relationship because you weren't married. And if I'm invited to a gathering like this and she's not, I'm probably
1: not going. And uh, it makes sense. You're just opening yourself up for a lot of hurt feelings uh, on either side, all involved. You just you need to open it up if you want if you want them there, you need to open it up to their plus one. Exactly,
0: like if you're expecting these people to pay up for their own for this domestic uh, d- this destination wedding, and then go out there and basically spend all this time and do all these things for you and not have their significant other there for moral support or whatever. Yep. I mean, that's,
1: that's kind of a crappy thing to do, man. It really is. I mean, the destination wedding is such a pain in the butt as it is. Now you're going to be like, okay, honey, yeah, uh, yeah, I got invited to a wedding. When I say I, I mean just I, not you. Like you're not allowed to come. Yeah. that's First of all, that's going to be offensive to not just to the plus one, but to your guest, the one that you want there. Well, what's wrong with my... You know, well, right. I just... kind of a slap in the face. I kind of want just like a very simplified thing. I want it to be all about me, and you know, weddings should be all about them. But, sure. But, I mean... I
0: mean, unless they're, they're significant. Now, there's significant others just a total raging you-know-what, I don't feel like it's necessary to exclude them from
1: the invitation. If uh, if that was the case, she she must have a problem with all four plus ones involved, because she says in her letter, uh, he's got he's got friends who are unmarried, which are that, at that point, why even tell us their marital status? You pretty much have made up your mind for the married couples, too. But they don't count because so, they're not yeah. married. Yeah. Or, yeah, well, that's what they're saying. But then she's turning around. Oh, I got friends there. I don't really like her, her, her significant other. So they're not invited. You're not invited. Look under your chair. You're not invited either. And It's... You're running into uh, a dead end with this. I mean, granted, we invited a lot of people to our wedding, like
0: in the in the few like over 300 people, probably. Sure. But I can't imagine of of the five people that I picked to be uh, groomsmen at this thing. I can't imagine not inviting any of your wives or significant others. Yeah. I can't imagine. I, I feel like you probably would not have been okay. With accepting this, had I say not invited
1: Dorothy (laughs) to the wedding, right? That that would have been a a strong pill to swallow. Because like, oh, I'm in the wedding, you're not invited to it at all. Yeah, I I
0: can't. Like, I feel like you might have actually said, "I'm not," might have not gone at all or accepted.
1: And I wouldn't have blamed you. It would have been definitely on the table. But I I mean,
0: I, I can't see like you wouldn't have invite not invited Rachel. To your wedding I, I think most Rachel things-
1: has a better chance Of getting an invitation To my wedding than you That's fair <laughs> <laughs> I say most people Like her better than me So this is not a problem That we have to worry about I, Very yeah, often I, I at least have A, a 100% chance Of her not standing up In the church Going yeah don't do it I object <laughs> That You know I didn't to be fair, I didn't do
0: that to you. I thought about doing that to her. Like, you know, the car's running. You can still get out of here now.
1: <laughs> hey, the church didn't burst into flames when you walked in. I, ca- I chalked that all up to a win. That's true. I'm honestly amazed that it didn't.
0: <laughs> like, I'm normally not allowed in such things because I tend to start smoking, and it's it's not good. Right, no, right. no one No one wants that. Nope. <laughs> But no, like, you're gonna, uh, like, yes, are you well within your rights to do that? Sure, it's your wedding and you can dictate how you want to be, who you want there, so on and so forth. But be prepared for the. There's okay. gonna be hurt feelings. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's going to be hurt feelings. There might be some resentment. Like, that's going to happen because of the decision you chose to make. Right. Like, you're entitled to your decision, but they're entitled to feel the way they do towards you because of the decision you made. Correct. That's just how it is. Let's, uh, let's dive into another one of these, shall we? Yep. Let's stick on the wedding thing, shall we? Sure. Dear, oh God, not these two. My boyfriend of four years and I love each other very much, but are not in a position to get married. Even though we've both talked about how much we want to, the reason we can't is embarrassing. Both our extended families are badgering us about it, and I don't know what to say. Even my close family is starting to be pushy, and I don't know how to respond because I really do wish we could. We live together in my home and split bills, 70 me, 30% him. I have some limited student loan debt that I'm paying off and a chronic illness that limits how much I'm physically able to work. My boyfriend has big student loan debt as well as tax arrears, credit card debt, and medical debt, all from a big manic episode at 23 that snowballed. He's on medication now. He has a payment plan and system for all his debts as he slowly chips away at them, but they're big. Consulting with two different attorneys, we learned the risk to me if he loses his job and can't pay or dies or he gets divorced or in some other way we're married and he stops paying these debts is huge. In addition, my income will make him ineligible for a lot of the repayment options he's using right now. Either way, marriage isn't a smart plan for us right now, but we are staying together. How do I respond when people push me about it?
1: I I tell you what, they're looking at this very maturely. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, marriage, yeah, it's all about romance, blah, 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 but it's also a financial decision that you have to really look into.
0: It's a big contract that you're entering into, ultimately.
1: Yeah, I, A I, legally binding one at that. I cannot applaud these this young couple uh, enough for, for looking into it. Honestly, most people probably don't look enough into this stuff before they just jump in and get hitched. So uh, what you do is just say, uh, you know, why why buy the cow if I get the milk for free, I guess? <laughs> or you would just say something like that. And you're like, uh, uh, yeah, I would love to get married, absolutely. To him, no, no. <laughs> or just say, <laughs> or just leave the family wondering, oh, why haven't we got married yet? Well, you know. And then just leave it at that. <laughs> the whole family would be like, what is she talking about? Why didn't they get married? <laughs> well, we would have, but there's the Incident. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. So I said, "Oh well, we converted to Mormon, and you know, he wants to marry me, but he kind of also wants to to, for me to come as a combo platter."
0: (laughs) (laughs) just make it so ungodly (laughs) awkward to ask the question that they never ask again about anything in your life we're we're waiting for a letter from the
1: pope to say it's okay (laughs) 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 or you know what i I mean you can do this It, it is it's just fine have the have the ceremony have it all there and just don't sign any papers the family's all happy and everything else you don't have to go through all the rigmarole you get wedding presents called good everybody th- you can change your name without having to legally be married you can change your name to whatever you want yeah none of this
0: like means that you do have to. because it sounds like they do want to have the wedding now because now so my first thought was going to be you know what you tell these people none of your damn business yeah. Because it isn't. It's not anyone's business but yours why right. you are or aren't married or whatever. Yeah. You don't have to justify to any member of your family or friend group or anything why you have chosen to m- not to make or to make this legal binding agreement right. with another person. Right. None of their business. I, and if yes. you want them to quit badgering about it, like, like, we're happy with the way we are, and quite frankly, we're getting rather uh, annoyed with having to justify it to everybody. We
1: can't find the right shaman to perform the ceremony. <laughs> 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 uh, so, I mean, it sounds like from the the letter writing, the, from the writer that she does want to get married. They both want to get married. It sounds married, more of a, it's not really, it's almost like the conflict from the relatives is taking a backseat and the conflict is within them. We want to be married, but we can't because of financial reasons. Just go through the ceremony, go through the whole song and dance. Get your witnesses, you know, your bridesmaid, your matron of honor, and your groom, uh, your best man. Pull them aside and say, "Listen, it's a sham wedding. Here's what's going on. Uh, so we don't need your signature. Uh, and and just and go for it like that. Get somebody people you can trust. So you don't have you know. Like, have an open bar next to your best man's like you yeah, know this is not even real. Yeah, we'll have to do this again next time. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: yeah, no one ever said that you can't that you have to have the actual legal binding power of the wedding when you do your ceremony. I certainly understand
1: that. Yep.
0: Fair. Let's do one more of these then. This is another one that seems like kind of a recurring theme on this segment. Sure. But it's, uh, it's one that I feel like is entirely uh, within our wheelhouse. Dear, oh God, it's them, isn't it? <laughs> I've been in a relationship for many years. I love my partner very much and want a future with him. The issue, I can't stand dogs. He always had one dog. It's quiet and well-behaved. I didn't love the dog, but I accepted it and could imagine a life living with it. Then he decided he needed a new dog. At first, he said he would take me into consideration and was thinking of getting a smaller dog that I might like more. This did not happen. I was hopeful the dog would be small for a while and I could bond with it. It grew to be large very quickly and is very hyper, jumping on me, running around. It makes me anxious. It also very much changed our life as now he can't really leave the house or do many of the things we used to do. I actually tried to speak with a therapist about this. She told me to tell him I would leave him if things didn't change. That's not at all what I want, and I stopped seeing her. I want to figure this out, but I'm having a hard time, and I can't really discuss it with him because I don't want him to get mad at me. I want to fix things, but I don't know how to make myself like this dog. I feel like I'm so alone and pent up. People love dogs, so no one understands why I feel this way. I'm trying so hard to seem like it doesn't bother me, but inside I'm so tense and anxious around this dog. I'm also a little upset because he did this without any compromise, and it has impacted me so negatively. I don't think it's fair that I feel this way, but I don't know how
1: to fix it. There's not much she can do. I mean, he is not taking her. Uh, I mean, she's given in. And, you know, marriage is all about compromise. Uh, she compromised with the one dog. He's, okay, well, I'm going to get another dog. I'll, get, I'll think of you when I pick up the dog. Yeah. What, what, what did you do? Name this great Dane after her? I mean, how did, he, how did you think of your woman when you picked up this dog? Guarantee it was a pit bull. Uh, yes. I lay money on it. Yep, a little hyper big old dogs. Yeah, it's and she's like I can't talk to anybody about it. I stopped seeing a therapist. She, she told me to leave him. I can't talk to him. What am I what other option do you have? I mean, to just pack up and leave. I guess that's an option. That's the only option you have on the table because if you're not going to talk to him and you can't talk to anybody else cuz everybody loves dogs. By the way, not everybody loves dogs. I like my dog. I don't like anybody else's dog. It does seem like, does it not? Like there's the vast majority of
0: people, at least that you and I come into contact with, like dogs far more than they like people.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. It's very, very simple. A dog has never, you know, stolen money from me or you know, <laughs> tried to bang my girlfriend or, you know. <laughs> so it's She is painting herself into a corner because she won't talk to him. She won't talk to a therapist. She won't talk to her friends, she won't take any advice. So she's not going to take any of our advice, even though our advice is clearly the best.
0: right. even I, though she's writing into advice columnists to yeah. to solve her life for her,
1: you uh, you've had an impasse and you need to uh, get rid of him. the dog or the or the, the husband, I guess, whichever one. Or you go out and get an animal of your own. Oh here, here's peaches. He's he's a uh, an orangutan, and uh, yeah, oh yeah, he's really temperamental. Likes to throw his poop around a lot. Beat the hell out of your dog. That dog <laughs> that dog is whimpering in the corner. Yeah, Peaches. He, he rules the house now. In fact, yeah. in fact, uh, uh, if you could just go ahead and like uh, curl up on the couch because Peaches and I we got the bed. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Was I supposed to consult you before bringing an orangutan in there? Oh man, I am so sorry. Anyway, come on, Peaches. Let's go. The, the bachelor's on you know not even taking your
0: terrible advice there into consideration I think this is the first time since we've been doing this bit that you're the one to suggest that she should just leave go no contact cut her off
1: like that's my job and I don't appreciate you
0: (laughs) usurping my territory there
1: sir well I mean that's not where I want to go but I mean there's no where well I looked for internally I was looking for a way out but she's not talking to him. She refused to talk to a, a therapist that was actually giving her some ideas. She's not talking to her friends about it. She's writing to somebody that she may or may not get a response, and it's intercepted by us. She and she's probably not going to listen to us. She's probably turned her radio off.
0: She's probably already already listening to something else. But yeah, she's on to
1: Doctor Laura. Yeah.
0: Well, good luck with that. I don't <laughs> think she's doing a radio show anymore. Good.
1: The classic, me- the classic, Doctor Laura. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like oh I, I know it's, they're talking about stuff from like the 80s but she she totally got my uh, I, I I tried to call she
1: what uh, How do I Dr Laura How do I talk to my kids about the Gulf War? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah now, I don't think it needs it necessarily needs to immediately come to leaving like I, I know she's like I can't I don't want to talk to him because I don't want to make him mad. Well hate to tell you this you're gonna make him mad no matter what you do like he's making you mad if you leave him that's gonna make him even more upset I'm sure. So I'm sure he'd rather have you sit down and have the discussion with him before just deciding that, oh, that's it, no contact. Am I seriously here arguing against
1: cutting <laughs> someone out of your life? What has happened to this show?
0: I don't it's understand. A, it's, a,
1: it's a freaky Friday. Did, one, did we both touch a, a Hawaiian tiki idol and not know it? Quick, I need, I need a <laughs> bottle of whiskey real quick. We, we got we to gotta
0: accelerate this process here, man. I I'm just completely I like I feel like I need to drink a a, a can of Natty Light <laughs> and listen to some local original music. But but no um you have to have the conversation with them and I don't know if there's any way that I don't know how doable it is ultimately to come to a workable arrangement here like it may not be possible to rehome the dog at this point. It may not be a great idea to rehome the dog. Like it might not, it's honestly, not entirely fair to the dog at this point. No. But I mean, obviously, that's you know something that your boyfriend should have thought about before yes. he just brings in an animal without consulting you. Yes. That being said, you got to at least talk and figure out what what options you have other than leaving this guy. Like, what can we do to? Calm this dog down, or it—you know—maybe you know train this dog,
1: contain the <laughs> dog in some capacity, <laughs> like, like canine CBD products, something like Just that. Get the dog high, boom, chik, boom, chik, boom. Come on, fight! Boom, chik, boom, chik, boom. I mean, honestly, something,
0: something yeah. to get him kind of under control. Like, either you got to pay for some training to get this dog, or you know. Somewhat calm down, or yeah. I'm not going to be able to continue doing
1: this. Yeah, I'm not having a dog jump all over me. That's your job.
0: Like, I can't... I, I don't want to tell you to be like, it's me or the dog, but at the very least, you have to take some sort of step so I don't feel, like, completely uncomfortable in my own home, or I guess I'm not going to be in this home much longer. Yep. Like... Th- that makes I, sense. I don't normally support the ultimatum thing, but, I mean, you kind of don't have much of a
1: choice, like... You have to do something because this situation isn't working for it me. It sounds like there's been a lot of conversations leading up to this to where, I mean, it's, it's an ultimatum sort of. that's been brought on by him. He, he's painting himself into this corner. problem is she's not, she
0: doesn't seem particularly willing to have tough conversations with anybody, and that's going to be kind of a problem for you. You just kind of kind of, take the ball into your own court and go and have the conversation with him or nope. else nothing's going to get resolved. we got to hit a break. We'll come back and close this thing out next. It is happy hour. Stick around. Back after this. That's it. It's over. happy hour here at solid state radio he's adam here huck i'm sean Cantwell, and it's just about time for us to get out of here and turn things over to that wonderful thing that uh this guy does every week night at six o'clock that spotlights uh local original
1: music that's right yes one hour of nothing but michigan made music let's look at the calendar what day of the week is this hmm looking 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 friday Friday, that means I get to have the bands and artists that make this fantastic music in studio and pick their brain, Todd Gilbert in studio, talking of his new album, Encore the follow up album to his last album, which was called Finale, <laughs> you know I'm going to rip him about that, we also have a nice healthy conversation about mental health it's a, it's. I would say it's been a lot of fun, but I mean come on we're <laughs> I painted myself into a corner, but it's going to be a good time, make sure you tune in uh, a great conversation with Todd Gilbert. Always a good guy in the room. Absolutely. Should
0: be a fun time all the way around. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. I bet you are. <laughs> and so I is Todd. Have,
1: <laughs> I am. Ah, I have yes. Chlamydia. The chlamydia mix. I, I have done I have, this to you in a while. I no. Chlamydia. I felt the need to. I, have,
0: I, I have, actually I guess that's I not have, true because I kind of did that to you on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah Cass live Cass in
1: front of a lot of people. Yeah, but you know, I... It was all in good fun.
0: The f- well, the first time I played the actual intro with Rachel doing her spiel, the uh-huh. second time I just gave you the theme song, yep. we went to introduce the third band. You know, let's have some fun with this. Chlamydia mix. Because I, I, I get to have go. control over such things because I'm a child. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a great time. I, we got to get another one of those going over there soon because those are such fun shows to do. Man. Uh, we're in talks. <laughs> On that note, uh, we have, a in our weekly attempt to cleanse our souls, happy hour would like to apologize to dog owners, the Illiches, Wind Chimes, the Beatles, the Pope, Dorothy, Classic Rock, I-92, <laughs> and Rachel, we're sorry. <laughs> Probably shouldn't do that one on the FM. No. D- I don't need them coming after us. <laughs> what are you advertising other stations for? <laughs> we're making fun of them, though. No yeah we're, we're, we're making fun of how ridiculous they sound. Ah, yep. uh, on that note, Sessions is
1: up next here at Solid State Radio. All being well, I'll be well talk to you Monday afternoon at three. See ya.